Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 369, covering In a Mirror Darkly, Part 2, and Demons, with Brian Lynch. Hi, friends. Boy, we're, we're getting real, real, real close to the end. <laughs> Sun's getting real low, big guy. Yep, Brian, you there were there wasn't much left, so here you are. Like no, I dibs on the finale. So, I um I, I I called this one several months ago, and I think I didn't look at the date when I was I was like, oh, it's pretty late in the game, you know, it's it's a mirror episode that'll probably be fun. Uh, it's uh, this next one's called Demons. It's probably got them fighting some demons or something <laughs> cool like that. Uh, uh, so I'll uh, I'll I'll just go ahead and do that. And I I, I didn't look at what day it was. And I forgot how busy I am at this time of year, so I'm uh, slightly crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the uh, you know uh, second to last week of school, so oh, Lordy. Uh, hooray! I'm now, do you awake. do you want to do you want to tell the folks what you just got here oh, from, or yeah. would you rather? Uh... No, yeah, I'll uh, well because we were going to record at uh, noon, and as you can tell, obviously because you're listening to this live, uh, <laughs> it's currently about three thirty, and it's because um, I had to uh, text out because I had agreed to set up for the uh, eighth grade dance. Uh, because they needed my stage lights uh, set up in order to create the right sort of ambiance and also enough illumination that all 14-year-olds can be seen very clearly. At all times. Yeah. You don't want any shadows for them to hide in and do those things that 14-year-olds do. don't want any 14-year-olds escaping. No, our uh, our health teacher is like straight up like Mr. Strickland uh, from uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the thing, that movie with time travel. Give me a second. Ted's Excellent Adventure, yep. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, from Time Cop, and um, he's he's got that place like totally locked down. He's got every single exit covered, like yeah, just like in, just like in the movie he's famous from. Peggy Sue got married. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is All that right. is so, that movie about time travel? Well, uh, so of, it doesn't involve a time Muriel. machine, but she does go back in time. I'm thinking of Muriel's wedding. I don't know why you're thinking of Muriel's <laughs> wedding. They both have a wedding in the front. I don't. It's like I can never remember which one's Rachel getting married and which one's Margot at the wedding. And I only remember that I hated both of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Speaking of things we hated, uh-huh. <laughs> why don't you uh, tell us what uh, what happens in In a Mirror Darkly Part Two? All right. Well, uh, actually, guys, I have to admit, um, because I've been so busy, I have actually not been keeping up with the show, um, and I have not actually seen a single episode from this season yet. But um, I'm still sure. I'm sure I shouldn't have any trouble following the plot, even if it is the second part of a two-parter. So uh, let's see. We open up on a. Well, ship looks different. Oh, I I get it. They're laying like the transitional stuff on thick so they can go into original series, like how everyone in Rogue One had '70s hair. Because this looks just like an original series ship. Oh, I get it. They went forward in time or something. Or the ship went back into the ship went back in time. Okay, I'm following. I'm following. And they're taking control of the future ship. And oh my god, what happened to Trip's face? When did T'Pol's hair get so long? Huh. Maybe I did miss a lot. Okay, no, Archer is still angrily shouting orders at everyone. We're 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 normal. Okay. Uh, so they seem to be trapped in some sort of Tholian net or mesh or reticulum or something. Uh, Archer destroys the generator and brings the Tholian on board. Okay, we're good there. Archer's uh, snarling and threatening and bullying his crew into getting things done, even if they're completely incapable, and he's being racist at T'Pol. Okay, good. Some things don't change. I feel like I'm back on firmer ground here. (laughs) 
Uh, Archer goes into the captain's quarters and does some future cosplay as Hoshi pours him a refreshing Gatorade. Uh, apparently the lady uniforms have belly shirts now. Oh, gross. No, not surprising, though. Archer looks up his personnel, uh, his personnel file on the historical record and gets all whiny and pissy about his dad. Everything normal there. Okay, you know what? I'm bored of this joke already. You what? already know it's a mirror episode. You listened last week. For all I know, Matt made the same joke. I wouldn't blame him. It's easy and fun <laughs> for a while. Certainly distracts from how dumb-looking Trip Scar is and uh, how nothing happens in this episode. I mean, it's a lot of nothing. There's events transpiring. There's a, a Tholian web. I mentioned that. There's a Gorn for the love of Kalos. I shouldn't be so bored and distracted when a Gorn shows up for the first time in 30 years or whatever. Certainly shouldn't be vaguely dispatched in a subplot that's entirely confined between commercial breaks. But that's just it. They were cramming in every damn idea they had with only three seconds to go, or three episodes to go, rather. And in the end, they had nothing to do. People just sat around being evil or rebellious or both. I'm I'm sick of mirror episodes from way back in Deep Space Nine. It's all just people slinking around and betraying each other in silly outfits. <laughs> I mean, for me to care about the universe again, uh, the mirror universe again, it would have to take a great writing team with a strong concept, maybe dress them in real costumes instead of just the sexy Halloween versions of the regular outfits, maybe actually explore the setting a little instead of just trying to do a regular plot, you know, push the stress somebody from the real universe would feel in there. I don't know, maybe the captain could have a funny nickname. Anyway, I'm glad this is the last I'll have to think about the Mirror Universe and the USS Defiant for a long time. From this point on, there'll be no trip scar at all. Boo. Oh, I almost forgot, of course. Let me see. Uh, this week on, uh, shit, I don't know. Um, this week on Living with Fran. Um, they, they don't have a summary. It's called Reunion, so I'm guessing Fran Drescher takes her younger lover to her high school reunion, and then I guess hilarity ensues? This week in movie theaters, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is released, a movie I still mostly enjoy. Mostly. Huh? So was Becker off the air at this point? Uh, yes. I miss Becker. Ah. I guess I could have gone back to Reba. <laughs> this week in Becker, Becker stays home. <laughs> Wait, so when we get to disco, are you going to do this week on The Good Place? Oh, um, would, I would love to. Because you could just then I could just the go watch days. the good place. This, yeah, well. this week on the good place, it's still good. Yeah. This week on the good still. place, the show is really good in a way that you can't exactly tell anybody about because oh, it's so every episode has a huge twist. Yeah. Yep. Just just watch it. Just just, just guys, it. everybody watch the good place right now. In fact, yeah. stop listening to this. We'll wait. Welcome back. Wasn't that a good show? That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look. We are we are three episodes away from being the most accomplished Star Trek podcast ever produced, so we can't stop. Like if we stop now, I will be disappointed for the rest of my damn life. We got can't stop, won't stop. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yeah. This week also, on uh, Brian's Netflix, it's mostly been Gallivant and Jane the Virgin. No Enterprise. <laughs> I'm living my best life. <laughs> Lucky man. I approve of Jane the Virgin. I don't know Gallivant. That was Gallivant's not only a, it's really good. Um, uh, I know you're not always a huge sell on musicals, but trust me, it's very worth it uh it's a uh, uh i was not joking when i said i have not actually watched any enterprise this season <laughs> that's I okay to eventually i you know following along with you guys i've seen almost all of star trek i'd like to be able to say i've seen it all you know that's not quite of course the achievement of you reviewing it all but you know i'd like to be able to say that so i'll watch it eventually but uh you, you know really... when, I'm, when i'm when i'm when i'm scheduling my life it's... yeah you're really not missing much yeah i mean it's I, I see now, and I said this last week, I see now why people say it gets better in mm -hmm. season four. It has gotten better. It hasn't mm -hmm. gotten better enough, mm -hmm. and it's still real problematic in a lot of ways, but they do finally acknowledge that Star Trek exists, so that's something. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame they didn't cram it all into the last three episodes. 
yeah, we got an episode with with like the the old uniforms and like the uh-huh. old, the old sets and a Gorn and a Tholian and a, oh, this is great, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just and I I, I kind of like the first part of it because it was like so into I did watch the first part, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, just because I I was not actually going to go blind into a two parter that would be insane, but um, that just makes you know, all the, your jokes lies, Brian. How dare they, you? Yeah. What is a joke but a lie that loves to laugh? Um, That's beautiful. It, thank you. I stole that from Rainier Maria Rilke. Uh, I don't know who that is, obviously. <laughs> I'm not even sure I pronounced his last name right. It might just be Rilke. Uh, the the thing about the first episode, though, is they were going in with a lot of like enthusiasm, and I liked just that it was just plain old mirror ep- like mirror episode, like the not a prime episode. Yeah, we uh, talked about this last universe. time. Is like we mm-hmm. didn't get any of our characters going there. It was all set in the mirror universe, and I kind of dig that. I like yeah. the, the alternate credits and all that. We stuff. kind of got one of them this time. Um, yeah. And uh, but the, then when this one started, I was like, okay, good, good, good. We're, and they they just it just trickled down their leg. Yeah, well, yeah. Star Trek and two parters. I mean, mm-hmm. well, that's a fair point. Yeah, but Ugh. all right. So let's do bad things. I don't know, Matt. What do you got? I just my bad thing continues from last week, but like this shit's just not campy enough to justify itself. Like okay. Sp- Scott Bakula specifically, not a great villain. Like oh, he he's not, thought he was being campy. Yeah, he, yeah he, he he's he's not threatening enough to be taken seriously, and he's not goofy enough to be fun. He just like the dude's trying to become emperor in this episode, mm-hmm. emperor, and it's not interesting. Like yeah. all the goodwill that the episode bought for me last week in part one is pretty much gone because they don't keep going bigger, bigger. They're, Brian mentioned this in his summary. There's a Gorn in this episode. Yeah. I was very excited to see that Gorn, and he was gone in like a minute and a half. There's, just, there's he was Gorn things. in 60 seconds. <laughs> oh. Oh, dear. I wish I could fire you. All right, guys, but... I'm out. You do the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. You're not welcome back here. <laughs> Don't you Costanza out of here. Get back here. <laughs> no, it's, there's, there's a few different original series things I've always said I wish we got more of because mm-hmm. we saw them once and never again. What are the Tholians? What are the Gorn? And they're trying that, but yeah, they just kind of like throw, Sh- I don't know. Tholian's Sh- a spider guy. Good yeah. enough. Shoving uh, them all into one episode really pisses me off. Like I've said yeah. this before and I'll say it again. Everything feels so crammed into these last couple episodes. Yeah. It feels like, oh, uh, this is the show we should have been doing all along and we're about to get canceled. So we only have about 10 episodes to do everything. Yeah. So here we go. And yeah. it's not fun to watch, really. I mean, yeah. a little. I don't know. Yeah. The thing is, I complained so much about this show not having a sense of levity and not being able to do fun episodes. And I will say they're still like they did that. You're you're right. They could have been more ridiculous. But mm-hmm. for this show, I think about season true. three, like and compare it to this. Like, I, I, I try not to think about season three. There's, I don't but there's, there's where, funny um... things here. Like there's there's campy things. There's interesting, goofy ass, you know, like. They, they found a sense of humor. I, I still got to give him a little credit for that. There was a bit where Archer was like trying to give like an inspiring speech to his troops. And while Scott Bakula's evil acting is generally very bad in this episode. Yeah. He basically just says everything like this. Which is not um, too far from how he was acting in season three. Always. <laughs> mm-hmm. So but when uh, when he um, was giving a speech, he put a few Shatner inflections into what he was yeah. saying. And it actually was like for a second, I saw the campy evil archer he wanted to be instead yeah. of the bland evil archer he was. You got to wonder if the director was reining him in and that's all that got left. Maybe mm-hmm. that might be the issue. Yeah. I has mean, I don't know. I'm play... totally speculating. At this point. Has anyone What's seen that? him play a bad guy before? 
I can't think of any time uh, no, I've ever I've heard seen, him play I've seen him guy. play like over the top type stuff, but never evil. Mm. Mostly I mean, like I, goofball. I, I saw him torture people and leave them for dead in the middle of empty space. That's basically a villain, right? No, that that's I what a hero true. does. Yeah, oh, of course he's a hero. I that's what heroic he, Starfleet kept. He, Al, he's making the hard decisions. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, no, I just I like and and jokes aside, seriously, there was not enough difference between push too far trying to be Jack Bauer Archer mm-hmm. from last season and Mirror Universe evil Archer. Like there really was not enough difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, just, not, that's not there was nothing there. there. He's just growly and yelling at people all the time. Yep. Not I thought about it after last week, and I realized what my problem was. What I really wanted is for the crew to just be the Bizarros from from Sea Lab. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Bizarros. Yeah, but if the, but the, but then if you feed Travis a peanut, he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing we'd know about him finally. <laughs> also, still look like Blade. Still, still ridiculous. Uh huh. He looks like a goddamn Wait. action figure. Now yeah. I have to ask: Was that was his new hair mirror stuff, or has he been like that all season? No, that's that's the mirror. Oh, okay. Okay, that's too bad. That was yeah. That was He's crazy. Got a, it's got an earring now too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I noticed that in this one. I don't know if it, I assume it was there in the last episode, but I only noticed it in this. One. All I know is his Simon Phoenix cosplay is on point. I don't know what that is, uh, but I'm sure it's very funny. Al, you should see the movie Demolition Man. Oh, I have. I just oh, forgot. There you go. That's Simon Phoenix. It's basically uh, Wesley Snipes playing the best version of the Joker possible. Yep. Yeah. No, I remember the movie. I just, there's so many bad 90s villains with names like, you know, Cade Kincaid and like <laughs> Simon Bloodborne that I just, I didn't remember which one that was. I just think that it's very easy to remember in Devilish Man that it's Simon Phoenix versus John Spartan. Obviously. And what's the, uh, the, the, uh, Huxley, uh, uh is the, um, uh, oh, this the, no, it's uh, like Leona Huxley or something. Ah, no, that's yeah, not like Leona Huxley. It's probably not that. Ah. But yeah, no, it's, it's literally they're just like, what's a famous sci-fi writer we could put in here? Uh, dystopia. Uh-huh. Yeah, good yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my bad Bob. thing. My bad thing. Speaking of um, uh, Bacula. So they, they went with this device. This wasn't in the previous one. This is unique to this this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Mirror Archer reads the data file on the good universe because they find the Defiant and they read about the, the prime universe. And they have the advantage of, of reading about these people after they're dead because the ship's from the future. So, uh, you know, he knows how he dies. He knows everything mm-hmm. post-Enterprise, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But basically, he gets it in his head that good Archer is this goody-goody that, like, is taunting him. And then good Archer starts up literally appearing as as though he were a ghost. Uh-huh over evil Bacula's shoulder and, and saying, you're not as good as me, 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 me. And it was the dumbest. Ah, oh, I hated it. It's real dumb. And it, they don't set it up at all. He just sort of starts showing up like evil Archer. Yeah, no, I connected the dots for you there. The show doesn't do that for you. Yeah. Like, and yeah, they never like, they never said, just say like, he's crazy or anything. It's just like, no. yeah. And suddenly this other guy is here to mock him. No, I well, guess he I had get that reading freak out. Like, don't tell me about that guy. He's nothing like me. He's weak. No, I, but I get, like, because we've all seen enough science fiction, like, the the alternate universe is a very common trope at this point in everything. Uh-huh. Like, it's not a it's not a, a crazy concept. Like, uh, sitcoms are using it, for Christ's sake. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, which is great. I love that. I'm not complaining. But I'm saying, like, there, I've seen this before, and you guys probably have too, where a character sees their alternate version and reacts in some way, like, well, that couldn't be mm-hmm. me. I didn't make those decisions or whatever. And that's an interesting sure. thing to do, but they didn't do it right. Yeah. Yeah, like, like that I episode of Sliders. John Reese davies was Hitler. I made that up, but it sounds episode like a real of, one. Episode of what? Sliders. Oh, sorry. No, sliders. Say it right. Thank you. 
the it just um, didn't register if you don't say it right. If and the fact that the good the quote unquote good archer was like taunting him like all the time and like mm. making fun of him and belittling him, that like I think they were trying to say something interesting about how like this evil character can't conceive of good, so all he can think about is a different kind of evil yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that hates him. And like I don't like if Grant Morrison was writing this episode, I'm sure he could pull that off. But these writers really could not. Don't tease no. me with the idea of Grant Morrison writing Enterprise. It would. <laughs> I would. I would really be into it for a couple episodes, and then get really lost and confused and angry. That's, I don't know. Didn't they do a bunch of go. episodes with Vulcan sex magic? That sounds like something Grant Morrison uh-huh. would do. <laughs> or a uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers album. <laughs> Somebody will get that. <laughs> uh, Brian, what was your bad thing? Okay, my bad thing is this: if there was. One thing I thought Star Trek couldn't fuck up, it would be a Shakespeare reference. They do those all the time. They're not difficult. You just mention the title or like a thing about it, and that's that. They didn't go deep with the stuff, but they're usually good for an offhand reference. But Mirror Flux, when he's reading through the historical records, he makes mention that the only, because he's like, oh, I was comparing their literature and ours. Mostly, it's very different. He says, the only writer whose work didn't change much in the mirror universe was Shakespeare. And that is a malarkey, if you'll pardon my language. (laughs) Mirror Hamlet would not hesitate to kill Claudius. Mirror Macbeth would not be tormented by guilt after killing his king. Mirror Titus would kill Saturninus and Bassanius, and probably also Lucius. So for them to just go, oh, it's just as bloody as ours, that misses the point. What they should have had was Flox say, like, Oh, some sentimental hack named Shakespeare is their greatest writer instead of one of the real stars of that era like Kidd or Webster. <laughs> that would have been funny to me anyway. Yeah, I don't think we probably would have gotten that. Or no, like the, the, the Spanish tragedy, the Duchess of Malfi. Come on. No, Dr. Malfi from The Sopranos. That <laughs> I sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I, I think what it was just a throwaway thing like mm-hmm. Shakespeare and the original Klingon. I think yeah. the, the joke is in Star Trek, Shakespeare is a constant no matter what, where you are and mm-hmm. what culture it is. But yeah, I get it. It's, it's, it is pretty dull. Like they, they, they could have made a joke about how like, you know, some famous work of literature didn't even have to be Shakespeare, but like, you know, yeah. ends differently in their universe. Like that would have been like the easiest joke to set up, you know? Yeah. Oh, I've been reading over their classic works of fiction and uh, in their version, Peter Pan doesn't murder the children that he finds and eat their souls or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, call me Todd McFarlane. I've got an action figure line for you. Uh, I think he beat you to it. No, they did a wizard of Oz one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. It made me Is sad. It- is it sure. what if the Wizard of Oz, but creepy and sexy? It's exactly that very thing. What? Next, you'll be telling me they'll do a uh, Alice in Wonderland like that. I can't see that being successful. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just raving rigorously at this point. Wow. <laughs> no, it was it was pretty dumb. And honestly, the um, the I thought from the previous episode that this universe diverged when. Uh, Zephram Cochran shot the Vulcans and apparently it obviously goes back way further than that so mm-hmm. that's yeah. something like I, now I'm curious I don't want them to explain it for God's sake stop going back and explaining things but I'm mildly curious where the where the divergence point came from there there might be an interesting something in that as like, far as like, I can tell it's just a universe where everyone on earth is a jerk I'd have to read their version of the Duchess of Malfi to be sure mm. Well, we can we can wait while you do that. We'll, we'll discuss. <laughs> we'll we'll just watch the good place while you're gone. Yeah, that's. Excuse funny. me, I'm off to go read Gamera Gurton's Evil Needle. Gamera versus the Evil Needle. <laughs> sure. 
Gamera is a friend to all needles. I promise you, these jokes are landing for like one person in your audience. Uh-huh. Me listening there's... to the episode in a couple days. <laughs> there's like seven circles in this Venn diagram, and the, like the the overlap is like one tiny sliver, but somebody somewhere. Yep, somebody's loving my evil Afro bean jokes. And if that person could please review us on uh, on uh, iTunes, that would be awesome. Oh, very nice. I stuck with them for almost 400 episodes, but when they finally started making jokes about obscure Elizabethan dramatists, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm finally listening. Like, I don't have them on, like, three times speed. I had to slow down and actually listen to that. Uh, I still I still enjoyed seeing all the dumb, like, original series stuff. Because, like I said last time, the, the fan service works on me, man. Especially yeah. a show that has been so ashamed of what it is for so long. It's like, oh, man, finally, you guys are... Well, and and that was, like um, you said, I mean, Matt, they're... I said it dismissively, but that was my good thing that I wrote down. It was just nice to see the green shirt again. Mm-hmm. That was but, my original good thing, and I took it out for something else, it? and oh, there you, you just go. jumped right on it. <laughs> it was, but you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was Archer was wearing the goofy green captain shirt with the, yeah. the little badge down in the ground. They did accidentally um, do that thing. They accidentally did Fanon in that one instead of Canon by having mm-hmm. the badges be a different shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. they mentioned that on Memory Alpha that, like, that was a thing they did away with pretty quickly on the original series, but they brought it back for this. Well, what I it was, I, was... I, I guess I'm not, I guess I don't know anything about Star Trek because I <laughs> thought different ships had different badges. No, what it was was in the early, like in season one, it was that different like divisions, like um, I did like uh, the Doomsday Machine is one of the big ones, right? Because Decker's got a different badge, and yeah. um, but no, that was because he was like a fleet admiral, and then there was like the USS Exeter, and they had different badges, but that was supposed to be because they were like the Starfleet version of merchant marines. Oh. Um, so most of the time when we saw somebody on a different Starfleet ship, they just had the regular, you know, arrowhead design. Um, oh. but you know, the Fanon was different ships have different badge shapes. That's, that's what I always thought, but I also don't care that much. This is, yeah. that's the show we're doing yeah. is who fucking cares. But, but I gotta no, say, I don't know. I liked all If that that's stuff, the and... case, then I like that that showed that they had a little attention to detail, yeah. even if it was a mistaken. Even if it's not technically correct, it still yeah. feels mm-hmm. like a throwback. Yeah. Although, and Matt, it was, and it was said... a pretty cool looking little thing. It was yeah. like, yeah. But yeah, this little tilty thing. I don't know. Look no. at it. What, yeah, I like it. Once again, the design on this show is fucking great. Mm-hmm. No, and I love them to, and they did this in Trials and Tribulations as well, taking those 60s designs and staying true to them, not mm-hmm. updating them, which yeah. is something we will talk about extensively when we get to Discovery soon, but like making them better, like improve oh, them, but keep I'll, them the same. I don't want to say anything about Discovery, but do you see those uh, costume concept sketches for next year? Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw that, that uh, Captain Pike is wearing his gold shirt and I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're doing the, uh, the colored shirts. Yeah. I'm, come back. I'm glad. Yes. yes. Um, um, yes. but, but Matt <laughs> specifically, you were saying that, um, you didn't feel like, uh, Bacula had earned that shirt. No, he's fucking walking around in the, <laughs> in well, the green, yes. in the green captain's relaxation shirt. He didn't earn that shit. Fuck off. <laughs> like when Cisco and company all showed up in their original series costumes. Yeah. Yep. Good. That's awesome. When these morons start traipsing around and them, they're just like, take that off. You look like an idiot. Now, here's here's something I noticed. Um, would you guys say that the original series miniskirts are particularly dignified for women to wear or maybe a little exploitive? Like which which one? Do you um, I'm going to go with a little exploitative. Mm-hmm. And yet to Paul putting on a blue like uh, nurse chapel, blue science miniskirt. Mm-hmm. was more dignified than the usual thing they have her wearing. Yes, Al, it's the most yes, dignified it <laughs> it's the most dignified thing she'll wear until the sweaty miners jumpsuit next episode. Uh, well, yeah, but I just it seriously, it was less gross mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. than the thing she wears week in and week out. And it was designed yeah. in the 60s by Gene fucking Roddenberry. Yep. It like, sure I know it was, was designed by William Ware Thies or whoever, but Roddenberry but it was obviously by said, Gene. <laughs> shorter, shorter, make the skirt shorter. Oops, I dropped some scrambled eggs. Ugh. Yeah. Um, That's my Gene impression. I like it. It's very mm-hmm. accurate. Yep. Yeah. He's basically uh, Andy Daly's uh, producer character. Mm-hmm. Throwing a little something girls. for daddy. A little something for daddy. <laughs> yeah. My good thing um, was another throwback, and it is it lasts all of one second, mm-hmm. which is Majel Barrett. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. She says, she says one word. She says working, like as the voice of the computer, and Happy they could lady. easily have looped her from a previous episode, but she actually did record the line especially for it, and it's mm-hmm. the only direct contact she's had with this dumb show, and oh, I really miss her. Yeah. This Majel. That's is this all. the last time she'll? Is this the last Majel? Basically, no. She uh, she did the voice of the computer in uh, Abrams Trek. Like oh. she was, I believe she had died by the time the movie dropped, but they got her prior to that. Oh, that's mm. nice. Because um, that that uh, comedy bit where Chekhov is trying to uh, you know, Victor, Victor, like she's the voice of the computer there. Ah, yes. I don't want to speak controversial, you guys, but she's my favorite Roddenberry. Yeah. I don't know. Rod Roddenberry Jr. is <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, Matt, what was your good thing? I'll hail Emperor Hoshi. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about this, have we? Oh, yeah. No, Hoshi was good in this episode. She played evil better than most. Yep. Yeah. You could tell that uh, what's her name that plays Hoshi was having a lot of fun finally being able to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's, really sink I, her teeth into. That I, I, so I guess from that, I, I shouldn't be expecting much out of Hoshi when I go back and listen to this uh, season. I, Watch this season. I mean, there I is um, slight spoilers. There's an episode where she and Trip are sick and quarantined together, and mm-hmm. they do a lot of like talking about you know like uh, passing the time, telling stories about it, you know their past mm-hmm. and stuff. And we learn a bunch of stuff about her. That's pretty good. That's it. Oh, yeah. Nothing oh. else. Nothing. Like, the writers finally fleshed out a little of her backstory in that one scene. But otherwise, you get nothing. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed that. And she's in charge at the end of this. There was actually, um, and I'll be careful not to spoil anything specifically. Uh, we mm-hmm. do return to the Mirror Universe in Discovery. That much I will say. Oh, yeah. no. We said we... <laughs> You and, said that. I was very glad when I listened to it because I did listen to last week's episode when I heard that, and uh, yeah. I was like, "Okay, good." So my joke at the end will. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's no, and I enjoyed that. I just yeah. I don't want to talk about specifically when or how much, and you know that kind of thing, in case people haven't watched it yet. But yeah, they do spend some time in the mirror universe. I don't mm. think that really spoils anything. No, no. Um, there's Star fifteen Trek, episodes. Wind up you there eventually. Know. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, uh, and I'll see if I can dig this up and put it in the show notes. No promises, because I fucking hate doing show notes. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one of the Discovery writers uh, talked about the lineage uh, of emperors from Hoshi to the person we find in charge of the Mirror Universe when we come back to it in Discovery's era, and I won't say who that is. Uh, and it has, they are not related. There's, you know, it's the Mirror Universe and everyone stabs each other in the back and there's probably like 10 different people between then and now. But apparently yeah. the writer's room really was concerned with that. Yeah, and uh, talked about it extensively. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that they care enough to say, well, if we're coming back and someone else is in charge, what happens since Hoshi? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Good work, Discovery. Right? You know what? She also, well, I mentioned it in my summary, but it was my favorite bit of 60s design, which was the large, weird shaped bottle full of generic green fluid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she poured a drink out of that, and I was like, that is 60s Trek right there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it is green. Can mm-hmm. I fetch you some more Kool Aid, Captain? 
And they showed her pouring him drinks a number of times. So when she finally poisons him, is like not that weird, which is kind of cool, I guess. Uh, maybe she'll do that. Yep. Maybe that's the finale. Maybe Hoshi just gets fed up and poisons him. Oh, I wish. So like the end of Blackadder. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Yeah. They all charge over the hill and just that's it. Yep. And then Riker and Troy just watch it. <laughs> yeah, Riker busts in. Don't drink the wine. Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, I think that. No, I wish, the... like I said, so much happened in this episode. It was so full of stuff, mm-hmm. and but none of it mattered. And it was all like, yeah, the the scenes were basically completely disconnected from the plot. It felt like the writers' room said, "What do we want in a mirror universe episode?" Mm-hmm. And came up with a big list and then handed it to someone who barely bothered writing script around it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and yeah, we couldn't even do anything with Trip's stupid scar. No. Nope. Well. I don't know if you heard the the last episode. I, yeah, that, I did listen. To it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's apparently a reference to Captain Pike, which I thought was pretty good. Oh, okay. I can see that. Wasn't a good yeah. reference if it took me this long to get it. Not really. So I, no. No. I mean, Matt had to see it in Memory Alpha and then tell me. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like that they're thinking about that kind of stuff. It's beep. again, it's just too little, too late. Beep beep. <laughs> exactly. He's got a riding lawnmower. <laughs> that feels about right. Now he says cat for yes and catfish for no. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, uh, catfish. Uh, All right. Brian, what do you got for an alternate title? In a mirror, dorkly. <laughs> Honestly, I think Gorn in 60 seconds was better. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I kind of wish I had thought of that before. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Uh, the Gorn identity. Good. <laughs> Which I may have used for the last Gorn episode. I don't remember now. Well, that was the seven and a half years ago. So, you know, that's okay. Uh, for, real quick, I want to mention, I liked seeing the Gorn. I did not. He was a little too CG for me. Like, I mean, with what they had. I mean, CG ships is one thing, but CG mm. creatures is. Yeah, they're not They're not good enough yet, I don't think. Like, Honestly. they've done some good, like, worm things and, like, like less articulate, not humanoid things that look pretty good. But Yeah. No, yeah, the, the, the Zindi insectoids were pretty good. Yeah, they were all right. I mean, depending on how much they were asking them to do. Sure. Right. The fish guys were good because you could sort of murk them up in the water. The dumbest corn thing is they showed him talking into the communicator, but it was like a three-quarter shot of him from the back. So yep, you yeah. couldn't really see what his mouth was doing because and he was all in shadows anyway. Because they were like, uh, they can canonically talk, but we don't really know how to make them do that. So well, the thing we complained about last time was we saw the Tholian a little too clearly. So this time it's like, okay, oh, yeah, with the skittery that. little uh, spider legs. Uh-huh. Uh, they make a web. So because they, make their, they make reticuli. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and my alternate title, in honor of this being canonically the eighth Mirror Universe episode, I mm-hmm. went with Mirror, 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 mirror. I love it. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> but we committed to this bit, and damn it. <laughs> uh, what do you got for a quote, Brian? Uh, okay, well, the um, this is not actually the same scene where I complained about Flocks making the uh, superficial and lazy Shakespeare joke, but there was another line in there which I absolutely loved, which was about a guy that we have not mentioned, much to my delight, a Mr. Malcolm Reed. What's Major Reed's condition? At this point, he could go either way. <laughs> no doubt there'll be several discreet celebrations if he should expire. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's no different in this universe either. <laughs> in lieu I, of flowers, please send pornography. It's funny because I was mentioning to, I, I, I talked to touch base with Brian a few weeks before he was on the show. And I was like, which of these do you want? And he's like, I'll, uh, the mirror one, please. And I said, um, 
I said, well, I've watched the first one already. He's like, well, I assume everyone's wearing sexy outfits. And, and I said, well, you get flocks in a tight leather, like Section 31 outfit. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as Matt calls too. it, the Batman's dentist outfit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pushing forward now to demons. Ugh. Our thrilling cold open this time involves special guest star Peter Weller looking at a baby. And the baby has pointed ears. Is your mind not completely blown? Remember when we said that Brandon Braga probably had a bunch of old scripts left over in a drawer someplace? This had to have been what happened here. I mean, the episode is called Demons, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Next, we cut to Earth for what I thought was going to be some good founding the Federation stuff, since that's what everyone says we get near the end of the series. And I suppose we do for about five minutes. Those five minutes are pretty okay, as the guy in charge, last seen by me anyway, as the mayor in season three of Buffy, proposes some kind of coalition of planets to a room filled with Andorians and Tellarites and Vulcans and even someone from Corridon, which is a super deep cut from Journey to Babel. More original series nods, that's what I like. So naturally we've had enough of that. Instead, let's kick off a pointless mystery plot wherein a dying woman stumbles in with a hair follicle from Trip and Paul's baby. What else is on? Do I have to keep watching this? Oh, I do. Fine. Yeah, so apparently that baby in the thrilling cold open uh, is the offspring of Trip and Paul, who only boinked that one time, and also Paul has never been pregnant. Of course, Trip doesn't believe her when she tells him this and actually goes behind her back to confirm this with flocks. Welcome to Enterprise, days since T'Pol was treated like shit, zero. I'm starting to think we shouldn't have bothered buying extra numbers for that sign. (laughs) So, while this definitely very compelling mystery is happening, Travis gets a girlfriend who turns out to be part of some Make Earth Great Again movement. Though it takes the episode about 25 minutes to tell us this after I'd already figured it out. Yes, the MEGAs are something we'd never seen on this Earth before. A bunch of xenophobic jerks who think people from other places should be driven out of the homeland because they're polluting our gene pool and stealing our jobs or something. Also, they live on the moon. <coughs> Travis and T'Pol go... Nope. Trip and T'Pol go barely undercover. I'm still doing it! <laughs> Episode 96, and I wrote Travis when I meant Trip. Uh, Trip and T'Pol go barely undercover to track them down to said moon base, which promptly blasts off to Mars because it wasn't a moon base at all, it was a spaceship. Way to challenge an assumption I hadn't even made. Then special guest star Peter Weller threatens to destroy the moon with a Martian death ray unless Earth gets rid of all the aliens. I assume he'll also make the aliens pay for this effort themselves. Which I guess is our cliffhanger, or possibly this was just the point at which I finally passed out from a weird combination of rage and boredom. You may think it's not possible to be both teeth-grindingly angry and bored out of my goddamn mind, but trust me, Enterprise found a way to make this happen. And so, with exactly two episodes to go, I am forced once again to ask, when exactly does this show get good? We send our racists to the moon? I've just Uh, been assuming it's been good all this time. Has it not been? I mean, your brother is the main one who says this, so you've probably heard it a lot over the years. Yeah, I take his word on that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, you know, who would know, him or us? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to split you against the family here, but it's us. It's definitely you. Told you Just... never to go against the family. <laughs> <laughs> I did, uh, this one bugged me so much. Yeah, this was not good. No. Like can I say my uh, good thing? Yeah. Sure. Pretty cute baby. Yeah. Yeah. Had had pointy ears. Yeah. Yeah. That that's was all, the, that's, like that's my only good thing. That's all. I, I was had. trying to get this across in my in my cold like in my summary. Like the cold open was pointless because we don't know who the baby is or who Peter yep. Weller is. Like I I didn't like ah, just yeah. who cares. 
And I was actually wondering, and that was that was a legitimate wonder I had, not all these jokey wonders I've been having. So they didn't set so Peter Weller was new to this episode then? No, this is Peter Weller out of fucking nowhere. He wasn't set up and and the 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 Federation guy wasn't set up before. He nope. hasn't been like a recurring character. They I will say did. by the way, Al, you were lying, he was not last seen by you as the mayor of Buffy. He was um uh the guy in that Voyager episode where Cass accidentally did something sacrilegious and Janeway I had thought to, like, he was pray. in Star Trek, yeah, I couldn't remember. Uh yeah, he was the guy in that and he was uh, uh Elbrin Tan in Tin Man. Oh my god, so he was. Yeah. Or Tam Elbrin, I think I got his name backwards. Yeah, no, that's right, yeah. Tam Elbrin, you're right. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah, I, he, I, he gets around. He's one of them Star Trek guys. Yeah, no, uh, I just I always still think, and I see it in Matt's notes too. Hey, it's the mayor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that's that's my first. Probably the ever. best role he's ever had. Like, yeah, I mean, that's probably the best villain that show ever had. Yes, yes be, best, 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 best on screen role he's ever had. Yeah. Wait, what? It's a stage. Ah, oh, okay. all right. In fact, I might as well knock my bad thing out of the way. All right. Harry Grainer and Scott Bakula are sharing the screen, and I don't get as much as one little tap dance. Wasted opportunity. I think Star Trek has probably <laughs> overfulfilled his tap dance quota since uh, the Dancing Doctor back. I'm in just that saying, time. Harry Grainer is the best tap dancer they've ever had on this show. Mm. Won okay. a Tony Award for it. All right. I saw him in uh, Crazy for You uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he still got it. Is it a show about a tap dancer learning how to tap dance? Because that's that's um, roughly yes. I mean, uh, long answer yes with an if, short answer no with a but. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, is he, he was playing. It's about a guy who has to disguise himself as some as another guy, uh, okay, an older and fatter guy, and he was playing the older and fatter guy. Um, but in the original Broadway cast, he played the guy that disguises himself. So ah. it was a uh, a nice little reference joke. Rachel Bloom was also in it. Oh, hmm. very nice. She, she's great. Yeah, speaking of musicals I like, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, quite good. Yeah. Can we talk um, about that instead of Demons? No, 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 no. Gotta <sighs> talk about this. So, okay, uh, um, that guy, Harry Grainer is his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the, he, like, basically the, I thought he was the president of Earth, but I guess he's sort of like the head of this commission forming what's going to be the Federation, and that was yep. kind of cool, but it turns out was he out not he, the president of Earth? <laughs> no, because really they kept calling him the premier attention. or something like that. The, you might say the setup in this is not what it could be. No, all these, like like Brian says, all this stuff comes from out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of my bad thing. Okay. Like, I, yeah, okay, go ahead, yeah. Like, I feel like they've tried setting up Terra Prime as a big threat since the episode where Phlox got yelled at in a bar at the beginning of the season, and all of this still feels like it's coming out of nowhere. Like, you know, yeah, Terra Prime, you know, the, anti-raci- the anti-alien racist organization run by a witch white dude and the last coal mine in the universe. Mm-hmm. Also, we launch headlong into the formation of the Federation out of nowhere, and it just seems so tacked on. Like, the show realized, oh, shit, the Federation needs to start. We're over in three minutes. Uh, and then there was a meeting about the Federation starting. Well, I feel like at this point, like, in, in the writing pipeline, they knew they were not getting a fifth season. And so they're like, well, one of the main goals of the uh, show was I can this. actually tell you, they found me. out. They found out during production of Amir Darkly Part 2 that they were not getting renewed. Right, but I'm... but yeah. So like it's hard to tell when in the writing process that was and exactly, how, much, yeah. and how much time they had to write scripts to reflect that. But I mean, I think my point is they, they should have been doing this crap from the beginning. What of course the they hell should. have you been doing? You had and four seasons. They so, probably assumed again, they got I'm seven not, like all the other ones. I'm not doing like a, a, a bit. I promise. So this was not like this. They never mentioned Terra Prime before. No, this? The words Terra no. Prime were never said as far as and we Peter Weller hasn't shown up. What about that? No. Like army dude. He's never been around. Nope. No. no. What about no, the memory alpha? The ta- memory lady? alpha. F- memory alpha flags this as the um, part whatever in the xenophobic Earth uh, uh, saga, which 
you know, my stock answer to that saga. was more like part 96 of that. But uh -huh. uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> Not um, everything is an arc memory, Alpha. Yeah, well. Journey to Risa part three. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who's been on for every part of Journey to Risa, by the way. No, it was, it was no, they were listing it as those three episodes where they oh, were oh, flying right, right, right. Okay. Memory Alpha you. lists those as an actual story arc. Right. No, no, the, he's been on for the Risa saga. Of course. <laughs> yes. That's a different thing entirely. Yeah. The Chronicles of Risa. No, there was, the there was, the as Matt Morgan. pointed out, there was that, that episode where we find out that, you know, we, we don't actually spend much time on Earth's surface that much. Occasionally we're there in orbit or we go to like a government place, but we're not walking around on Earth very much. So apparently the anti-alien sentiment is very high after the Zindi thing, which kind of makes sense. And I mm -hmm. guess if you're doing a post 9-11 thing, it's not a bad thing to talk about. But as ever, Star Trek is so bad at this. Yep. Mm -hmm. They, they have this reputation for being so good at this and they're just not. Occasionally they have been, but I can point to way more bad examples over the years than good. Mm -hmm. When they're trying to address like a real life issue that we're dealing with in contemporary society. That just was, oh, it was so terrible. Yes. And really, yes, let me was. let me just go into my bad thing. So Peter Weller's character is wearing a contemporary suit and tie. This is not oh, my yeah. actual bad thing. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. While I get that this is the nearest future we've ever gotten in Star Trek and their attempts at imagining civilian clothes are almost always terrible... It's like they weren't even trying, and that's the perfect symbol for the episode itself. This is some of the worst Star Trek tries to say something about important issues bullshit ever. It's so transparent, like, they're all just one-dimensional, mustache-twirling racists. I don't think yep. racists should be relatable, but this is a science <laughs> fiction show. You could add at least one extra layer of fantasy on top of an issue that we're all too familiar with now, 13 years yeah. later. Mm -hmm. But also at literally any point in this country's history to some degree or another. If you're going to do this kind of story on Star Trek, dress it up in a spacesuit, not in the same business suit you'd see any rich white dude wearing in 2005. Yeah, well, I mean, we should be able to, like, he should be more relatable. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the thing, is that th what they're doing is they're taking something that we should be able to relate to, like, the actual, like, you know, things and people we see today, and they're going, no, we're just going to make it, like, a generic guy because we can't, you know, give him any sort of actual motivation. We're not going to make him... um you know, we want to put this whole evil on it, so let's not make it anything that the audience can relate to or understand. Just a guy in a suit. Yep. Yeah. And really, when we start with that nonsensical cold open, I thought mm -hmm. we were in the past because he's yeah, really wearing. Yeah. And you know, I and get it. They... You don't want to go too futury with it, but maybe. Well, but if they put him in like a Star Trek type suit, like maybe get rid of the lapels or put little loopies on the shoulder, like they do on Futurama. Yeah. Like. Yeah something but then they would actually have to think about how racism fits into their world yeah. instead of just making the most stock character ever mm -hmm. the move the the interesting move would be i don't know and and they hadn't done this but set up a friend of the enterprise crew set up admiral forrest if he was still around or somebody. how about that lady that travis has sex with mm -hmm. there you go well that that's actually what they did but we'll talk about that in a minute but, but I thought she had been on like five episodes. No, before no, now. this is her first. No, we thought that too. Like, uh -huh. where did the hell did she come from? Like, but what I'm saying is if you made the likable guy that you thought was pretty okay mm -hmm. into a racist, and then suddenly you got to deal with that. That's interesting. Not just here's our bad guy. Yeah. What about so. the time traveling guy? Bring him back. Make him racist. I don't know Daniels? that that's necessary. That's <laughs> favorite character. Daniels. He is your favorite character, right? Turns out Daniels has been racist this whole time, <laughs> and he never brought it up. <laughs> He's wearing he the traditional racist with... ropes of his people. 
<laughs> he never made eye contact with Travis, and now we know why. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's because he was I distracted saw... by his dancing pecs, actually. <laughs> Matt, I saw some of this in, in your notes about how the show probably thought it was being cool by making some of the racists black but oh yeah they they the 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 minor peter, on well, the peter weller's like secondhand mm-hmm. man yeah it yeah. is like they give him all the all this like anti-alien stuff to say in this big speech and i'm sure they thought they were being super cool like oh yeah it's mm-hmm. coming out of a black guy so yeah see humankind got over this but well, now they're just like this in another way but i saw a like, um Ugh. I saw there's there's a TV movie of Twelve Angry Men which um, had uh, a multiracial cast and the original you know they're all white including obviously the racist. Yeah, no, one. this was this was and like they, around um, the time of like OJ and stuff and they were trying yeah, to talk about. But they that. in this in the 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 1990 movie of Twelve Angry Men they made the racist guy black but they put effort into it and they specifically made him anti-immigrant and uh, Edward James almost was playing uh, one of the jurors and like they played with that aspect and you know they actually put thought they weren't like. Let's just make the racist black. That'll make us cool. Yeah. Oh, they were like, there, we actually have more to than think one of them too. How we can do this, and the scene where he cleverly fooled Trip into uh, uh, joining the uh, uh, the evil organization was absolutely hilarious because Trip is it's his first day in the mine, mm-hmm. and then this guy walks up and he's like. By the way, don't you just really hate aliens? I sure hate aliens a lot. And you look like you also hate aliens. And Trip's like, well, yeah, it's very convenient. I sure do. Do you know where I can find any organizations about that? Conveniently, I do. I will say I grew up in, if not the South, at least South adjacent. I never know what Maryland stand like uh, technically is considered because below the Mason-Dixon line, but. Well, let me put it this way, Al. The state song of Maryland makes favorable reference to the killing of Abraham Lincoln, and it became your state song in 1938. Uh, not my state. I haven't lived there oh. in 12 years, but uh, fair enough. Um, my, my point is a lot of, lot of rebel flags growing up, a lot of Confederate flags, and Ooh. it would not be uncommon for me, a young white dude, to walk in anywhere and for someone to just start a conversation <laughs> with, boy, I really hate those. Insert your worst racial epithet oh, here. Oh, God. That's was, just the that, conversation that one, starter. Uh, Not kidding. That one preacher episode with the clan meeting, which is like the only thing he ever talks about. Well, then, <laughs> isn't that what we're here for? Yeah, but I mean, we all talk about other stuff. Hey, guys, I sure do hate. And then a word that Garth Ennis apparently feels fine writing a lot. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think I think people from the UK don't quite understand the baggage. <laughs> we have with a lot of that over here, like to them, it's not as big a deal as, you know, we got a, we got a real messed up history with all that stuff Mm. that sort of eclipses a lot of other countries. And we're, you know, we're still sorting it out. And I'm not saying everyone has it solved because they certainly don't. Oh, they don't, but it's (laughs) no, but ours is way more tangled up and we never addressed a lot of basic stuff. And uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this, this basically just saying, well, look, racists, huh? Just like Mm -hmm. now, huh? Fuck off. Just, yep. I did not care. Yep. I did not care. That's pretty um, bad. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Oh, uh, Robocop. I love Peter Weller. Uh, he made a decent, charismatic, white dude, racist asshole who shot the moon with Mars. <laughs> I, yeah, he right. was kind of sleepwalking his way through like half the episode, though. I, yeah, hey, you know, if hey, they, they got want... Peter Weller. They, I, they, you know, like, 
a, a grim frowning Peter Weller is like his face is doing most of the work for him. So I don't mm-hmm. blame him for uh, not really showing up. But I mean, look, I don't want to be on Enterprise either. Like, but I'll still <laughs> cash their check. I, I liked him better in <laughs> Enterprise uh, money spends the same as anyone yeah. else. Actually, it's Enterprise Fun Bucks. You can only spend them at the uh, at the Paramount store, and you can only buy, like, Rick Berman was right t-shirts. Oh, boy, a leather jacket <laughs> with the word Enterprise on the back. <laughs> and tennis shoes. <laughs> in space. Of... No, um, I don't know. I liked him better in Into Darkness, and I didn't like that movie. Sure. So mm-hmm. That's something. Like I liked him in that movie. Yeah, that's 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 this isn't even his best Star Trek appearance, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. look, it's Peter Weller. You know, he shows up, and I'm pr- you. You pretty much got my attention. No, just it's a higher Robocop's caliber of guest stars than they usually get. Yeah. Oh no, he's definitely like I. This is like up there with like you know Frank Langella or mm. you know like when they get a guest star that's like an actual guest star, not yeah. just yeah. like Someone not just a Star Trek actor, yeah. <laughs> not just John Reese Davies again. Um, <laughs> Nothing no, against John, got John Davies. Davies. like on Voyager. Like he's not one of the the regular guys. But no, I no, I just meant like like, it, yeah, you know, he was on Sliders at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's See, not that's like that's with the parentheses in the title. That's 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 why you have to say it like that. Mm-hmm. Like the title is written with parentheses to emphasize the uh, <laughs> whisper. Um, my good thing. So yes. we got this whole subplot we haven't really talked about because it was out of nowhere and pointless. Where Travis has a girlfriend that he's apparently known all this time and wants to almost rekindle. married. Yeah. And they're rekindling and they end up sleeping together. And then uh, Enterprise figures out, oh, oh, wait, no, she's with these racists. And uh, guess who on Enterprise figured it out? I'll just tell you it's Hoshi because everyone else is an idiot. All hail Emperor <laughs> Hoshi. <Yeah>. All hail. <laughs> like once again, and and we see her handing, like telling Archer and mm-hmm. then it all gets turned over to him, which, you know, he's the captain. He's got to sort it out. But once again, she's the most competent person on that ship and barely gets any credit for it. Yeah. Just week after week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's all. Poor Hoshi. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about, like, the, the weird Travis thing? Because it took up a lot I of the mean, episode. It really did. Uh, like, I, I guess, guess the, we greatest, learned... the greatest prank he ever pulled was love. <laughs> 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 now the prank has been played on him. <laughs> I guess. I, so she's a reporter, I guess, who says, let's bang, and also I'm going to write a story about you, and instead it's, I'm going to get security codes or whatever. For my racist organization that I'm yeah. a part of. Yeah. My love for you has died, and now it's a ghost. <laughs> oh. Well, and the ghost a great left story it, later. And the ghost <laughs> left its jacket in the shuttle pod. It says Enterprise on it. I bought it from the studio store. <laughs> <laughs> I got it with my Brendan Braga fun bucks. That's <laughs> what they pay the actors in also. The show can't get canceled fast enough. That's why they keep coming back as directors because they can't like they can't leave. <laughs> They're just stuck. LeVar Burton can't pay his mortgage with fun bucks. The Paramount the Paramount lot is like a casino. You can't find the exit. No didn't it actually right? didn't LeVar Burton do this one? Am I remembering uh, he, that? He did right? one of these for sure. I don't yeah. remember which. Spider uh, had to move in with him. <laughs> uh, we had that moment near the end where Peter Weller uses his uh, Martian ray gun on the moon, which should think about how cool that sentence is and yep. how dumb this episode was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I really thought he was going to write Cha there, but that, yeah, that didn't if only <laughs> little disappointment. Did he? What, did he blow up a city or something? Was that what it was? Yeah, this was no. Lavar Burton. I checked. I thought no, he just punched a hole in the moon. I thought he was just displaying that he had control over the thing, but didn't actually hurt anyone yet. Mm-hmm. 
Like here's a, here's a demonstration. I could blow a hole in the moon, and next I'll point it at your cities. I'm not going to shoot any more moons as long From as over here on Star leave. Star Killer Base. Yeah, but um, it's I. His thing is, I'll I won't blow you up if all the aliens leave. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Come on, think this <laughs> through, man. Stuff like that never happens ever. Yeah. Also, I want a pizza and a helicopter. <laughs> and a pizza helicopter. <laughs> and a pizza trophy. <laughs> Uh, what else? Bend of the knees. It's the policy of the Earth government not to not to uh, uh, negotiate with pizza. Negotiate with uh, RoboCop. Of course, <laughs> I would have enjoyed that more if I hadn't stamped on the word halfway through. I feel I feel like if I had been thinking about this harder, I could have made like a your move creep joke somewhere in that whole conversation. Regress. <laughs> I'd buy that for Paramount Fun Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There we got it. All right. There's a RoboCop joke in there somewhere. Uh, and of course, like I, w- I was actually struggling in my summary to uh, to call back to the go back in time to Detroit and steal their blood thing because uh, you know RoboCop's from Detroit, but I just I could not make that work. Well, they stole the blood from the statue of RoboCop that they're building in Detroit. Is that still happening? Apparently, we talked about really? that on our old podcast like ten years ago. Is that still yeah. a thing? Yeah. Wow. have better things to do with their money over there. They really do. Uh, with well, the little money that they have, yes. You know what? If it gets tourist dollars coming in, maybe. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's All go right. with that. Uh, anything else? No, I don't think so. feel like yeah. there's a lot that didn't happen in this episode. Like, like well, it's the same with the last one. Like, stuff kept happening, but who gives a shit about any of it? Yeah, basically. We spent so much time on this Travis and his girlfriend thing, and it's like, again, if it had been paying off something that had been happening for a while, it would have been interesting, but... Who are you? Where did you come from? And Tripp and Paul did have sex. Did I see that? Was that a season four thing? Uh, no, it happened in three, I think. I don't even remember. It was yeah. just one of the many horrible things that happened in season three. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mentioned this in my summary. I do want to talk about this a little more. The fact that she says, Trip, I've never been pregnant. He doesn't believe her. Yeah. And goes to feel fly. Like, like, fuck like you, man. Know. Yeah, seriously. Like, I know we like Trip, but I don't think I like Trip anymore. That's, I don't like Trip anymore, just based on what I've seen in these two episodes. Yeah. Granted, yeah. one of them well, wasn't really you weren't fun. seeing real Trip in the last one. But, you know, this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got Two-Face Trip. Like, your, your, your girlfriend says, no, I've never been pregnant. And you don't, like, come on, man. Yeah. What is, oh, Jesus, there's so much wrong. Don't be in gross. There. I don't even have the full, like feminist vocabulary i'm way out of my depth here but i know that's wrong yeah i, I know enough I believe to recognize... the feminist term for this is jackass douchebag yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's probably about it but just oh, trip, i like man. Oh. I, I do like him going to flux and flux going oh oh yeah flux shut that... him the fuck down yeah oh that's He's why like, you're here what oh. did she tell you oh i like Maybe how flux right. suddenly cares about patient confidentiality yeah. mm-hmm well, I know he's allergic to pineapple. Anything else you want to know? <laughs> they don't have it on. Uh, Here's his complete sexual history. Well. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, he actually had sex with a pineapple. Oh, well, that's weird. Well, it answers a few questions. Yeah. But it raises several more. <laughs> don't say raises, please. <laughs> uh, anything else? No. No. Do you want a Roland alternate titles? Yeah, okay. What do you got, Matt? Uh, what do I got? RoboCop shoots the moon with Mars. A study in why this wasn't cooler. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't mean to step on that. I uh, <laughs> kind of said the same thing. Uh, Brian, what do you got? Will today be the day with a baby? Maybe. 
That's not what I see written here. No, what I wrote down is racism is bad. Okay, you shouldn't do racism. Well, the other one sounds more like a title. So yes, yeah, that's fair. Also, I appreciate not going with the South Park joke in 2018. <laughs> ah, that's what I figured. I mean, that show's still on, so you know, unaccountably. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I went with the president is a racist, a daring tale of science fiction escapism. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to laugh at that, but. I mean, I tried to limit my references to that in my summary. I did make one obvious one, and <laughs> it landed about as well as I thought, which is, yeah, we've all heard that. We know it sucks. It's terrible. Yep. To There's quote no a musical I quite fun. enjoy, I laugh because I will cry if I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it, there's just not much meat left on that bone, you know? Like, we mm -hmm. all know. We, we know. Yeah. We know. And I didn't, like, I watched Star Trek 2. You know, I don't I don't play this card very often, but I kind of mm -hmm. like watching it to think about the brighter future and when we get our shit together. So, oh, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we need Star Trek now more than ever. Yeah. And that's why and I was also, crazy. And, and also uh, competent just, government. Well, just yeah. one more week and you get Saru. Yeah. But what I was what I was going to say was that's why I wasn't crazy about the early direction of Discovery. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I think they, they uh, it out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So for my quote, I got nothing. Like, I, nothing jumped out at me during watching this episode. Mm -hmm. I even looked at Memory Alpha's memorable quotes section, and none of them were good. Like, yep. No, oh, come on. You didn't like, um... Mm. I have no intention of using this weapon again, provided that every single non-human on this planet leaves immediately? That, that's, I mean, that gets the plot across, I suppose, but it's not funny or interesting. How about, clap louder, that's an order. <laughs> Okay, that was a little cute, actually. That was very Archer. I don't know. Yeah, think Archer. At, when, at the beginning, when the Archer's dickishness into something of purpose. That's uh... well, but at the beginning, you got the uh, the Enterprise crew who are you know heroes. They did rescue the Earth mm -hmm. from the Zindi or whatever. Ugh. Try not to think about that. But just... um, at, while they're doing this big, soon to be the Federation, I guess you'd call this like the League of Nations leading into the Federation's like United Nations. Like it's a, yeah. it's the first step. And um, the the uh, Enterprise guys are grumbling because Archer doesn't get enough credit. And it's like, yeah. man, if there is a, a more Enterprise sentiment I've never heard, how come Archer doesn't get all the credit? Like, mm -hmm. man, shut yeah. up. The, um, that was a big, that whole first episode. I thought they were, like, angry and resentful because of something that guy had done to them in the past. Or, like, maybe they knew something about him that they couldn't let on. You know, no. my, my imaginary version of season four is great. Maybe I will never watch the actual one. <laughs> I seriously have considered just one week showing up and uh, never watching the episodes and, and bluffing my way through. And <laughs> since I don't have to do a summary next week, I've basically killed my chance to do that, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But uh, or maybe I did it and you'll never I know. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, no, I did it 15 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> with, with when when Braga was in full Braga mode, I definitely could have gotten away with it. That guy had like five tricks and we knew where everything oh, was easily. Going. I did that actually in one of my Next Generation episodes. <laughs> Ooh, way way back then. I don't remember, but I remember there was one episode where I I I had watched the episodes in advance, but I thought I was doing the second one. Ah. Uh, and I was actually doing the first one, so I I wasn't quite caught up. And so when we started recording, and I realized I was like, okay, I'm gonna fake it. <laughs> I think I remember that. Hopped on Memory Alpha real quick. Oh, did I mention it? Did I come clean? I think you may have told me you didn't say it on the oh, show. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 It's been weighing on my soul for a while. Now I can finally die. <laughs> no, no, you don't. We got two more to go. <laughs> also, you're going to be here for our big live show in a couple of yeah. weeks. You'll, you'll find my Paramount jacket on my grave. <laughs> <laughs>
But Brian died 15 years ago watching Star Trek. <laughs> he was faking his way through a discussion of Tin Man or something. <laughs> With Tam Elbrun, not Elbrun Tan, damn you. <laughs> Tam uh, Elbrun. That's more memory alphaing than I feel like doing right now. That uh, that does lead me nicely to uh, June 30th. We will. It be, sure does. Uh, we will be completely finished with Enterprise. After next week, we'll be finished with it. We got a yeah. supplemental between, in between. But uh, we we will be reviewing the first episode of a a contemporary series for the first time ever. Uh, once we finish that episode, we will officially be the most accomplished Star Trek podcast ever produced. Mm-hmm. So we are two episodes away from that big accomplishment. Uh, Suck out it, of the, Rob Roddenberry. Yeah. Out of the Rick Berman era, out of like all of that and, and reviewing something from, you know, less than a year ago. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. And many of uh, the voices you hear regularly on this show, obviously Matt and I, but uh, also Amanda and uh, Nate, uh, Bob yep. will be there. Caitlin will be there. And the big the big get was Brian will be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Nate's probably the big get. He lives even further east than I do. Uh, no, no, he moved back to the West Coast. He's still oh, he did? pretty far away. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, he's uh, back now. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he lives in like a fairly a remote now. region of British Columbia now. But yeah. uh, this is like... why I should be on Twitter more often. <laughs> but I no, thought you, he was still you, in Nova Scotia. We just happened to catch you on a on a cross country odyssey, and yes, you had to I... change your plans by all of a day. And mm-hmm. I conveniently, yes, I was driving across the country anyway, and I was planning on stopping by in Seattle and saying hi to everybody. And yeah. then you announced this thing. I was like, well, look at that. Yeah, so it'll be great. It's at the Pocket Theater in Seattle. Um, it is pay what you want at the door, but if you could go to thepocket.org and just RSVP to let them know, you know, how many chairs to put out, we would very much appreciate that. Uh, Suggested big... donation is seven thousand dollars. Yes, I I did not say that, but if if the pocket gets like we get a cut if we go over a certain amount, so that would be fantastic. Oh, <laughs> but uh, no, it it should be a great time. Um, we're we're starting to work on actual details of the show now. Um. All I will say is there will be props. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say what. And, and Matt, we actually got a gift from a listener. Oh, wow. I, I want to do that thing like we did with the, the Neelix picture that one time where you don't see it until the show. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. It's not It's not anything. It, it will not be Neelix sexually caressing a uh, an eggplant. It won't be like that. Well, great. Now I know <laughs> what it won't be. But uh, I think you will enjoy it. And uh mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to, in case I forget this at the live show, shout out to a uh, longtime listener, Duh, yes. who's been listening since like the early days of Sarcastic Voyage, who who uh, wrote in, asked for uh, my address, and bought us a gift. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, there will be people coming to the show. There is a listener coming from Australia to see this show. He's not coming just for that. He's not nice. coming just for that. He's come. But, I would hope not. I don't know. I don't think we're that funny. No, no. But <laughs> he's visiting a friend in Chicago, and he's mm-hmm. coming from Chicago to Seattle just for us. Good gravy. And All I told right. him, I said, maybe this continent's bigger than you think. That's pretty far. <laughs> and he said, no, I want to do it. So, okay. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a great time. Um Brian, why don't you tell the people what you've been up to? You have a you have a whole thing going on now that I'm sure the people would love to, to know mm-hmm. about. Yes, uh, very much. Uh, so of course, I've got my own uh, podcast. To, 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 well, I can barely talk right now. I've got my own podcast. It's called Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast. And it is reviews of Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, and otherwise midwinter holiday movies. Uh, and uh, we're about to hit... Uh, next episode is episode number 25. Uh, and so I uh, decide to... Uh, Use that one as an excuse to make a big announcement. Uh, I've started a, a Patreon. Um, 
But this is no uh, just give me some money so that I can pay for movie rentals and uh, hosting costs. Uh, I uh, It also provides a bonus podcast feed, uh, which you can actually get on your phone. I figured out how to make it do that. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, Matt's, Matt's a member. That is uh, true. There you go. You should get an email telling you how to set up the, uh, the RSS there. I already um, have. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and so I'll be providing bonus episodes, uh, three a month, uh, two uh, small reviews of something that's not a movie but is holiday-related, and then a bonus episode of something or other with one of my yeah. co-hosts. And speaking of co-hosts, following that, episodes 26 and 27, I have two very special, dignified, talented, and handsome guests, uh, oh, Mr. Ron Algarwad and Matt Robotham. Oh, those God. guys. Those guys. I was excited for a second there. Yeah, and, seriously. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to be joining me, and they uh, got two episodes. Matt's was randomly assigned and could not have worked out better. Yeah, yeah I that did was not great. believe you that that was randomly assigned. Yeah, and um, uh, Ally, uh, uh, he chose, and conveniently, he chose something that I've been nervous about covering. It's one of the big ones, mm-hmm. uh, one of the the very big Christmas movies. So yeah, but I think uh, we, I'm not going to tell you we exactly. did it justice. Oh, I think we definitely did it justice. That's I'm really a, looking forward to hearing the the one with Matt. Honestly, like that's that's exciting. Both yeah. of those are very good episodes, and I'm. Yeah, so, well, so. Uh, yes, Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast on iTunes uh, and on Patreon if you want to yeah. uh, give me a little something. I'm not trying to make a living out of it. I just, you know, I have to rent and or buy a lot of movies for this because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them are not available for rent. Sure. I had to get um, the 3615 Code Père Noël, the French Home Alone. <laughs> uh, that one took some getting. <laughs> that, 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 that took a little bit of uh, international um, uh, eBaying. Hmm. But uh Boy. oh I have it now and it's it's something special. I have, I oh have actually I might as well announce this now so that if this is the kind of thing that intrigues people, it's six months away. But um the month of December is going to be home alone month. <laughs> uh me and my co-host are gonna be covering uh one installment of the home alone series uh every week leading home up alone to Christmas. Oh, five ho- five home alone movies. Did you guys know that? Are there really? I thought yeah, they stopped at three. That sounds there's about home alone, there's home alone two, there's home alone three, which is about a different character. There's home alone four, which is about the same character but played by a different actor. And there's home alone five, which I don't know anything about except Malcolm McDowell's in it. It's got that tight home alone continuity. <laughs> well, they had to do a soft reboot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, definitely definitely check that out. Maybe tell the people how to get to that actual show and what it's called. Uh, Oh, I did. I did say Tinseltown, um, yep. and you can get it on iTunes uh, or at holidaymovies.tumblr.com. Excellent. Uh, and we, as we mentioned, we got one more pairing of of Enterprise episodes to go, and that's it. Uh, next week we will be joined by Irish Gav, who uh, continuing the tradition of being here for all the series finales. So look forward to that. Uh, and of course, after that, we'll be doing our our supplemental. So if you got any questions about Enterprise, write in with them now because I don't want to talk about the show ever again after that point. Nope. Uh, uh, Horror at gmail uh, we'd love to hear from you um, the website posthomicore.com tumblr posthomicore.tumblr.com we are on twitter at algar at robot matt uh, brian you want to give your twitter uh, yes it's uh, arthur of land mm-hmm. um, you know uh, all one word uh, i talk about christmas and i yell a lot of things about politics lately mm-hmm. yeah. uh, as do we all uh, and that's all for this time. So Matt, two, two more to go. We could do this. Yeah. We, we're so God. close. We, we I believe this. in you. I believe I'm, in you. I'm going to watch it tonight so that I never have week. to again. That's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all for this time. Yeah. See you folks. The post atomic horror podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, 
We're, we're still just doing this. 